Welcome to OB Boss Babes, where we showcase female entrepreneurs, working professionals, community builders, and boss babe biz owners that share their stories so that others can feel inspired, empowered, and connected to other women in business. We are the must-listen podcast for entrepreneurs throughout the Ottawa Valley, Lanark County, and the Pontiac. Here at our Boss Babes face behind the scenes, as we dive into real and brutally honest conversations about different industries, how women are smashing stereotypes, balancing motherhood, and are building successful businesses. This is OB Boss Babes. Hi, it's Danielle from The Mum Files. Come downtown Armpire to jingle and mingle on Thursday, December 7th. Discover amazing deals from 4 to 8 p.m. And be sure to bring the kids to meet Santa Claus. Support local businesses and make your holidays merry and bright by shopping local. You don't want to miss out on the joy of community and great finds this holiday season. All right. Hello, 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 and welcome to the OV Boss Babes podcast. And today, everybody, I am sitting down with Christelle Sam from Stone Moss Construction in Laurentian Valley, who you might also recognize on real estate signs throughout the Ottawa Valley, because she's also a real estate representative with Century 21 Aspire Realty as well. So Christelle, welcome to OV Boss Babes. Hey, Holly. Thanks so much for having me today. It's such an honor. Christelle, you received your Bachelor of Commerce majoring in entrepreneurship and innovation, but before going to school, you actually became an entrepreneur when you were only 18 years old, when you launched your first business. So tell me about your initial business idea that you had and how it led you going to school to help you strategically align your business goals while also developing an entrepreneurial mindset. Well, I actually did two years in accounting first because I didn't know that entrepreneurship and innovation was a program at the time. Um, so I knew I needed business experience and I had to figure out what I had to do, you know, to come up with some money because it is not cheap to start a business. Um, so I decided to start an exterior home maintenance business um, simply because I had most of the equipment at home. Thanks, mom and dad. So my mo main motivation was just start somewhere like mm -hmm. what is easy what is simple and so going door to door for sales in my neighborhood until I could you know get a car and an equipment and everything that I needed to go further than my neighborhood um but my main um motivation to starting so early um was simply because my dad um had a business himself and he started a pawn shop in the more traditional way he was working a corporate job, saved a bunch of money, um, and eventually, you know, went to the bank, put the house up for collateral, got a loan, um, and then quit his job to start his dream. But uh, shortly after, he was actually diagnosed with cancer with a 50-50 chance of survival. And it was scary because, you know, if he didn't make it, then we would have had to close the business. We would have lost the house. Um, so, you know, it was a tough time, and I thought of the situation I said wow like how sad is it that my dad waited so long to follow his dreams and then not only now is the business at risk but also you know the rest of the family the family home and so I told myself in that moment that I wouldn't wait to follow my dreams and whatever obstacles there were to starting a business I would need to figure out how to overcome that sooner whatever risks I needed to take I was going to take them before having a family and 
you know, we hear people with innovative ideas all the time mm-hmm. and they don't really take the next step. Too often, I think we hear people say, when I win the lottery or when I retire, but why wait until then? Why not mm-hmm. now? Um, one of my mentors actually told me that you need to fail three times. Um, and then after that, you'll be successful if you learn from those three failures. And so it became my goal to fail as quickly as possible to reach success. And I was able to immediately put into practice everything that I was learning in university into my business. And I'm glad that I made those mistakes as a student. Um, people give you a lot of grace and leeway when you're a student. So that worked out really well for me. Christelle, you were made for entrepreneurship because if you already had a parent that was already an entrepreneur, you knew that you had to go through accounting first. Very, very smart, by the way, because like that's the biggest part of entrepreneurship that we don't realize when we go into it is like, oh, right, we need to know how to balance the books before we're able to afford to pass that on to somebody else. Um, And then, of course, looking into the program, not just business either, like you actually went above and beyond with a different kind of program that really prepared you for, for the future. Kind of circling back with your with your dad though, did he end up did he end up um going into remission? Yes, he's funny. Oh, he? oh good. Um, and now he lives life to the fullest as well. That's for sure. <laughs> so that is inspiring too, then, you know, but like also having a mentor, being a family member to see like he waited this long, which it's it's never, I shouldn't say this long, but it's never too late to embark onto your path and, and your dreams and stuff. Like you because we hear of it all the time with entrepreneurs, right? Like they they decide that, you know what, they were working for the government or they were working for the nine to five. And then they're like, you know what, screw this. I'm going to finally like take that step for myself. And so like, you know, the fact that you had seen that with your dad early on being like, you know what, I'm going to do this a little bit earlier than he did, I think is really cool. And it's inspiring. Yeah, people should just go for it. Because what is the worst that's going to happen? Like, of course, you need to plan ahead and make sure like what happens if this does fail. But you plan and you budget for it and you make sure that you can figure it out. And the worst case scenario, you just go back to your old job, in my opinion. Absolutely. It's a different time now. And I think that like, again, societal standards have changed so much where you can leave because there's always going to be a job to fall back on. People are always hiring. Yeah, for sure. So in 2018, you and your partner, Andre, launched your residential landscaping business, Stone Moss Construction. So with Andre's former background in commercial landscaping, how did the conversation start, Christelle, with the two of you not only deciding that there was interest in starting a residential landscaping company, but get involved together? Well, I'm, of course, you know, like a serial entrepreneur. I'm always looking for opportunities, but um, I could tell that Andre wasn't happy doing his commercial landscaping job. Um, There's a lot of bureaucracy at play. Um, It didn't allow for any creativity. Uh, When your job is to lay 20,000 square feet of stone interlock and, you know, it makes for a very boring week in a very serious environment and you have to wear long sleeves and hard hats and steel toe boots and it's hot and it, it just wasn't something that he wanted to do forever. Um, So I wanted to bring him into the business side and see like, we could be business owners, we could be successful at this. Um, And he's really good at what he does. And I wanted to see him reach his full potential. And I'm more, you know, on the business side of things. And so we just decided to go for it. This is an interesting take on things, Christelle, because again, when I was reading and doing my research about Andre, like he was working for a large company out in Alberta. 
And then for you already having the business and entrepreneurial background yourself being like, listen, why not take a chance? Let's do this and go all in together. What was his initial reaction? Like, was he ready to take that leap? I don't know if he was necessarily ready. I don't think anyone is ready per se, but he agreed that there needed to be a change. And um, we wanted to live somewhere else. Like I was born and raised in Calgary. I didn't want to be someone that was, you know, only experienced living in one place for the rest of my life. So again, going back to let's take risks while we're young. Let's make the big changes while we're young um, before we have a family and need to be settled. Let's just go for it. And we found the valet (laughs) unexpectedly actually on a visit, um, but fell in love with the place. And after doing some research that we found out there wasn't a lot of landscapers, there was definitely a need for contractors in the area. Um, And of course it's beautiful here and the homes are beautiful here. And we just said, okay, this is the spot. Okay. Well, I know that you guys didn't just pull out a map or look on Google maps and say, we're going to live here. So what brought you guys to, uh, to Laurentian Valley specifically? Um, Andre has family in the Toronto area and we wanted to be closer to his family, but buying a house in the Toronto area is not feasible for us. Mm -hmm. Um, We know what housing prices are like, and we came to visit a family member of his here and, of course, started looking at houses, and there were mansions compared to what we were looking at (laughs) in the area. So I'm like, I don't care where we live. This house is beautiful. The place is beautiful. There's, you know, Algonquin Park just down the road from us. Like, I could be happy here. Yeah. Now, do you still have family out in Calgary as well? I do. My parents and my brother and sister, and I have lots of friends and family down there, but I don't think I could move back to that. Like it's a different lifestyle in the Valley and I fully embrace it. No traffic here, which is great. I love it. Yeah. The people, the, the, the area, the outdoors, the weather. I mean, our summer lasts a little bit longer than out in Alberta. (laughs) Yes. Much nicer summers here. That's for sure. Yeah. So, Christelle, why did you guys want to start residential landscaping and not go into commercial landscaping? Why was that important to you guys? Well, with commercial landscaping, part of the reason is that they don't pay you for 90 days. So as a small business, we couldn't afford that. But on the residential side, like you have the ability to be creative and to change ideas and work with the client and fulfill something that they've been saving for a long time for and that's something that they've been dreaming about um, and helping them create that and make that come to fruition is a lot more rewarding than just following some engineered architectural drawings. What are some common mistakes made by do-it-yourself landscapers and how can you avoid them? I think the main one is that People don't dig down and do a deep enough gravel base. If you need to go down 10 to 12 inches, it ends up being a lot of wheelbarrows. So I can get why people aren't going that extra mile, but that little bit of extra work is going to help you to not have to redo your work because it's going to be a lot more work to have to redo it. Um, So just do it right the first time. And then when it comes to like retaining walls, we see a lot of people backfill with just the soil that was there before. Um, we see the main reason why walls fails because it's backfilled with so- soil, which absorbs water. And it's going to freeze and thaw 
and every year it's going to push out more and more. So what needs to happen is just drainage stone needs to be backfilled there and then separated with the native soil by geotextile fabric. Crystal, I feel like I'm jumping ahead here by uh, by already kind of getting into this, but I just wanted to ask you, did you have any background in landscaping or anything like that? Or was that more Andre's forte? I did not have any background whatsoever. I have <laughs> learned from Andre as I went along. And that's what we tell our employees. If I can learn this in a couple of years, you can learn this in a couple yeah. years. No, many homeowners, they get overwhelmed at the thought of landscaping. And like I said, Crystal, I'm a low maintenance kind of gal when it comes to yard work. And unfortunately, so is my husband. I can tell him, you know, to get out there and give him all the things, all the power tools, the rakes, and I'll still find him sleeping on the couch. So what are some low maintenance landscaping ideas that we can incorporate that are practical and sustainable? Well, if you're going to plant flowers, I suggest planting perennials that come back every year, don't require a lot of maintenance, like plant them in the right spot. If they can handle shade, put them in shade. If they can handle sun, put them in the sun. Um, and then also, you know, you could put an interlock patio in, um, make sure you're using polymeric sand so that the weeds don't grow through the cracks. Um, and that can add, you know, like an outdoor living room and an outdoor dining table there. And you can use that space um, very effectively. And an extra bonus is that you don't need to cut the grass there anymore. Now, our front yard is the first impression that people see when they view your home. And we all want our yards to look their best and stand out while making the most of a home's natural surroundings, right? So what are some ways that stone moss construction helps to transform a front yard to look inviting and clean? Well, a very simple and easy thing you could do is just add a stone border around your garden. This will help delineate between the lawn and the garden, keep things neat and tidy. Um, you could also do an interlock walkway, which will do wonders for first impressions. It's a little bit more expensive, but you could also do a bigger stone porch. Um, and with the stairs, not just in the middle of the front patio, but also like all the way across. So it will just look more inviting and rich. Yeah. And on a recent post, you talked about how you can add dimensions to your yard by building a layered or tiered retaining wall. So first of all, can you tell our listeners exactly what a retaining wall is? It's like a stone, like a bunch of stones stack on top of each other to retain the soil that's behind it. So if you want a leveled yard and you put a retaining wall, you could sort of fill in that sloped area to make your yard level. And make it look like a more elevated, I guess? Yeah, you could have different tiers. You could raise or lower areas of your yard using a retaining wall. And then what kind of house would benefit from incorporating a layered brick wall? If you have a sloped yard um, that isn't really usable, maybe not safe for your kids to run around in, um, you could build a tiered retaining wall. By adding the layers, you can add something visually appealing as well. So maybe in between the two walls, you could put in a garden so that you're not just looking at a solid, really tall wall. You could put a you know, vegetable garden in there, like something that's usable, or you can just put perennial flowers that come back every year. Um, but that way you could have a level area in your yard to either, you know, your kids could kick around a soccer ball, or you could have an interlock patio, or even you know, a fire pit area. Now, Christelle, pool season is long over. 
But that didn't stop Clark Griswold talking about putting in a pool next summer with that Christmas bonus that he got. Please tell me you watch Christmas Vacation. Yes, love yes, it. Okay. <laughs> and Stone Moss Construction specializes in pool interlock, but warns to not make the mistake of going with stamped concrete. So what does interlock first mean in reference to pools? It means the paver patio stones that go around the inter like around the pool. When it comes to options that go around your pool, you really only have two options, which would be concrete or interlock. And why is stamped concrete not the preferred option? Well, we joke that there are only two types of concrete, cracked or about to crack. <laughs> so our climate is very harsh to, to concrete. Like it's not conducive. We have freezing thaws. I think people forget that there's a lot of moisture around a pool. So there's going to be, you know, water that gets underneath it and then it's going to freeze and heave up. And that's when you get concrete that cracks. And once it's cracked, you can't fix it. Um, it's very hard to patch up. Like really the only solution is to break it up and get rid of it. And that's going to be very, very costly. You're in a sense paying twice for the concrete and then also paying for the disposal, which concrete is not light. So mm -hmm. it's going to be expensive. But with interlock, it allows for some movement. And, you know, worst case scenario, if it does need to be re-leveled, you could just pick up that area, re-level it, and then put it back using the same materials. Um, so it is environmentally friendly as well, because your interlock could last, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, might need some maintenance, but it's going to survive. But there's no way concrete will last that long. Christelle, for somebody who had absolutely no experience, no background in landscaping, you sure know a thing or two about it now. Yes, a lot of research, which <laughs> I think is important as an entrepreneur and a business owner is lots and lots of research. Yeah, and I'm sure that Andre has taught you a thing or two as well. But um, what what would you say is your role at Stone Moss Construction? Like how much, like how hands-on are you? Are you more about the business side doing everything behind the scenes? Well, I actually really like the labor portion of being on site. Um, I find that the days that I do have to be in the office is not as fun. Like, I don't look forward to those days. Like, for me, the reward is just to go to site and hang out with the crew and we play music and, you know, I get to chat with the client. So that is my main goal. But in terms of the business, like, I have to do I'm what in a small business I'm everything mm -hmm. I'm the salesperson I'm the marketing person I'm the accountant yeah you wear a lot of different hats we all get it as business owners we all do we all rotate all those hats every single day so we're talking about authenticity right Christelle we're talking about forging customer relationships creating like that trust building that connection and you really want to be able to stand apart from other landscapers in the area well while also allowing Stone Moss Construction to stand out. So what do you and Andre do that showcases Stone Moss Construction beyond just showing up on the socials? Well, I think authenticity is everything because I feel like contractors have such a negative connotation. And we've all had, heard stories about how someone paid a deposit and the contractor never showed up or the contractor's always late or the contractor didn't do what they say they were going to do or the contractor ended up charging more than what they originally quoted. I didn't want to be part of that stereotype. 
So it's really important for both Andre and I to both show up to consultations, look people in the eyes when we promise what we're going to deliver. And it's going to be on time and on budget. I'm also on the board of directors for the Upper Ottawa Chamber of Commerce. And it's really important for me to be part of the business community and advocate for other small business owners. My chamber helped me immensely when I first got started and I'll never forget that. And it was such a valuable resource. As an entrepreneur, there's no manual. There's mm -hmm. who do I ask to figure out these 50 million questions that I have? And it was nice to have the chamber to guide you in the right direction. So it's such a privilege now to be part of the chamber. Um, and to help forge forward the new generation of entrepreneurs while continuing to support longtime established businesses, which, by the way, uh, when I first joined, we were an all women led board and it was during COVID and our longtime executive director had just retired and all the businesses were struggling. Us as an organization, we were struggling and um, us women, we picked up all the pieces and we shared the responsibilities of the office until we could find a new executive director um, and re sort of rebuilt the chamber. And I'm super proud of our team for persevering through that. You guys actually really should be very, very proud of yourselves. And I'm glad that you spoke about that too, Christelle, because being an outsider and somebody that has, has seen uh, an executive director who had been in that position for so many years, Lorraine McKenzie, shout out to her. She really had built up the chamber and established that role. And when you have any any person who's been in a in a long time role for so many years depart and, and retire, and then it's like, oh my gosh, like now what? So it really takes that board of directors to be like, okay, look at your vision, look at your mission, and bring everybody together and really like find that perfect key player that's going to that's going to carry on. And especially because chambers are so crucial to to small businesses and their communities, right? And the upper Ottawa Valley, like I mean, it encompasses so many, so many different rural communities in the area. And so like I know that with with yourself, with Christine Mitchell and and everybody else that's participating on the board, like a lot of work goes into that behind the scenes. So yeah. And I love that it's all women too. Yeah, it was amazing. But you're right. Like she, Lorraine took so much knowledge with her when she left and we didn't even realize how much knowledge she had until she was gone. Mm -hmm. Isn't that always the case though, eh? With a long-term employee anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you never realize how good you have until they're gone. And then you're like, oh no, <laughs> now what do we do? <laughs> yeah, please. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of OV Boss Babes podcast. We're going to take a quick minute to hear from our sponsors, but stick around because we'll be right back. There's a wide range of things to see and do throughout Laurentian Valley for the whole family. Get out and explore the various biking, walking, ATVing, and snowmobile trails. Brew your own wine and beer, spend an afternoon at an agritourism adventure or numerous parks, or grab your skates and hit up Laurentian Valley's skating trail. Take your time and discover more of what makes Laurentian Valley special. Check out our business directory at directory.lvtownship.ca to register your business or to explore others nearby. Century 21 has been a staple in the Pembroke-Petawawa area for over 45 years. At Century 21 Aspire Realty, many of our agents are born and raised right here in the Ottawa Valley. We also have close ties with the military community, having agents that are past military members and some that are military spouses. 
This helps to give us an in-depth understanding of the demands of the military lifestyle and the nuances of frequent relocation. Here at Century 21 Aspire Realty, we are committed to putting the client's needs first. Our agents work hard to act in a manner that is fair and ethical, as well as safe and practical. We are currently experiencing a seller's market like we have never seen before. If you are thinking of selling your property, call us first. Our social media campaigns are the best in the business. We offer professional photography, 3D home tours, and social media promotions across several platforms. Whether you are considering buying or selling, any one of our Century 21 Aspire Realty agents would be happy to assist you in the process. Check us out at www.aspirerealty.c21.ca or give us a call at 613-687-1687. You're tuning in to OV Boss Babes Podcast with me, your host, Holly Molinar. Let's get back to the podcast with our guest, Christelle Sam from Stone Moss Construction, because we've got lots more to talk about. Now, Christelle, you're in an industry that relies on potential prospects that will turn into paying clients and nothing, nothing is more frustrating for any entrepreneur who prepares a detailed quote just to have that customer ghost you. Or decide to go a different route altogether. So how do you and Andre tailor your approach to increase the chances of finalizing that quote, leading to a secure job, while also building strong, long-lasting customer relationships and referrals that will come on down the line? I think just starting with first impressions, like if you show up on time to the quote, you deliver the quote in a timely manner, and then you follow up on that if you haven't heard from them. And if they might say no, it's okay. And sometimes I just ask, Hey, just wondering why, like, is it our price? Is it like, it helps me become a better business owner if I know why. Um, and I think people appreciate that honesty. And sometimes people who decided not to go with us ended up deciding to go with us maybe the year after. So it is what it is. You're not going to win every single customer, but as long as you are true to yourself and provide the best service that you can deliver, then everything else will follow. Christelle, that is a very positive outlook on that. But it is frustrating though, right? Like when somebody reaches out to you and asks for that quote and you're like, yes, especially being an entrepreneur, you rely on your customers. You rely on that sale and you want to secure that and be like, okay, we've got a potential job. Like I remember in those first early days when I started my business and I had leads and and everything sounded promising and then nothing, they would ghost me. And I'm like, what happened? And I don't even bother following up with people anymore because I'm like, that's not somebody that wants to work with me. If they were interested, they would be responding. I don't got time for that. Yeah, for sure. And that's the attitude that you need to have is like, I gave it my best shot and they just don't want to work with me and don't let that bog you down because there's going to be a lot of wins and a lot of losses in your journey as an entrepreneur. I love that, Christelle. We need more positivity like that because we could sit here and complain about it all day long, but they're just not your ideal customer. And who knows, maybe if they're not ready to work with you now, they could be a year later. It's so true. Exactly. Now, speaking of customers going different routes, let's get into another frustrating aspect, Christelle, and that's the price matching game or shredding different areas of work within the quote to lower the price. Because this can leave landscapers feeling undervalued, underappreciated, and sometimes not sure whether to defend their price or to just give in to secure that project. Because again, going back to what I was saying earlier, 
sometimes money's tight and sometimes, you know, it's like, okay, we really need this job. We need to pay those bills this month. Let's just let this one slide and we'll kind of lower our cost or, or do you hone in and say, nope, this is what we're worth. This is the price. You don't like it. You can go somebody else. So what are some strategies that you and Andre recommend to help other landscapers or even other business owners to stick to your price and protect your profitability? Well, when we were first new, we did need to lower our price and work with people because we needed the job to continue. Um, but as we built a reputation and had good reviews and proved to people that, yes, I can do the job and I'm going to do it right the first time. Um, and here is my proven track record of that. Now we don't need to, you know, negotiate on the price because I know that what work we are going to provide costs more money. Like it costs more to do it right mm -hmm. than somebody who's going to cut corners. Um, so if I can prove, you know, here's my work for the last five years and everything still looks great. And, you know, I offer a warranty on my work. The contractor that you might be otherwise considering doesn't offer a warranty. And there's maybe a reason why he's not offering a warranty. So I think as you get more confident and more established, um, you can stick behind your price and say, hey, I'm worth it, but I'm also going to work really hard. So, mm -hmm. you know, you want to pay someone to do the job right the first time and paying for the job twice is going to cost you more ultimately yeah. in the end. Exactly. Exactly. Especially when you're, when you're hiring someone, like you said, with a good reputation, that's licensed, that's insured, that you know that they're available, they're going to get the job done. They're going to show up on time. It's so worth it to like pay, pay what that person is worth. Like you didn't just, you guys just didn't slap on a quote and say like this, we're going to make this number, you know, like this is what we're charging today. Like there, there is strategy and, and thought thought that goes into putting those quotes together to actually like piece together your time. Your time is, your time is valuable when you're, when you're basically under undervaluing someone's time and their efforts, you're, you're basically like, like that would be like going to an employee and saying, mm, I don't really think that you did that great of a job. Like I, I don't think you're worth that much. Like, and that is the worst feeling for any entrepreneur to feel. That's why I hate when like people are like, I'm looking for like a cost effective or a cheap, a cheap person to like do this job. And it's not a one size fits all. No, it's not. And, you know, in all fairness, some people just don't have the money to pay for, you know, the job to be done a certain way. And they just do want a cheap and cost effective way or solution to their problem. That is totally fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you're right. Like when you're doing a quote, it, there does go like have a lot of thought behind that. And maybe sometimes just explaining what does it even mean for the job to be done properly? Cause people don't quite understand like what is required in landscaping. What are all the aspects of it? How, what is doing the job right even mean mm -hmm. before they can decide, can the contractor do it right? They don't even know what right means. Um, so I think explaining that to your clients and, and reassuring them that we're doing it the right way goes a long way rather than just, here's a price, pick us or don't pick us. Yeah. Or you can always just say, just go do it yourself, <laughs> but, but you want to earn that customer. <laughs> hey, they can try because it's not easy. No, it's not. No, that's right. 
Now, shifting gears completely, Christelle, I want to talk about your other job title, and that's working as a sales representative for Century 21 Aspire Realty. Now, why did you decide that you wanted to get involved in real estate? I have always been really passionate about real estate. I actually bought my first investment property when I was 19, and I wish at that time I had an agent that helped walk me through the process, being so young and having no idea about anything, really. If I had that, I think I would have been a lot more successful and a lot more confident. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't get that agent. And for a lot of people, it's their biggest investment that they will ever make. And it's really important that you have someone that can walk you through the process and make sure that you're making the right decision. And when did you get involved in real estate? Um, I started doing my schooling a couple of years because a couple of years ago, because um, we were off in the wintertime and I found that I was really bored. <laughs> so I said, hey, let's sort of pick up this real estate thing. I really enjoy it. Why not? And then I met Bart Neville, who is an amazing boss. And he convinced me like, yeah, you should go for it. Like just become an agent, become licensed and we'll help you through it. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, I, I have close ties with Century 21. You are not the first real estate representative to be featured on OB Boss Babes, and we do have a partnership with them as well. And yes, Bart is fantastic and such a great community supporter and champion. And uh, and Christelle, you're working alongside a lot of great women, a lot of other great sales representatives within your team. And you guys really you guys really support one another and encourage one another and, and are really there for one another. It's It's been so interesting to to learn more about real estate and, and the relationships and camaraderie that you guys have between between one another, which has been so enlightening for me as someone from the outside learning about that, especially amongst other women. Yeah, for sure. Like it's not always the case that, you know, we're in a way we're all competitors. Mm -hmm. um, it's not always the case that the team supports each other so much, but our team does. And I could pick up the phone and call any one of those women and they'd help me in an instant. And that has made the journey so fun. And it's also, you know, I work and live with Andre, so I don't need to be with him all day, every day. And these group of girls in our office, it's such a pleasure. And I have such a good time at our office meetings. Um, and it's been great getting to know everybody like in work and outside of work. Yeah, you guys have fun. I saw that you guys had the Barbie box there at your last, uh, <laughs> at your last team meeting. That's so fun. It was fun. Now, being in real estate and in business means that you have to have strong social and communication skills. And Christelle, this is important for relationship building so that a client trusts you and relies on you for correct information while also ensuring that you have their best interest. So how do real estate and business go hand in hand with one another? Well, real estate agents are business owners. I would argue it's even harder in real estate than in landscaping simply because there's a lot of competition. We have a lot of real estate agents in our area. Um, and in order to be successful, you need to be really creative in how you market yourself and what you're going to do to go above and beyond for your clients, what you're doing to continually gain knowledge. And there's so many aspects to the art of the deal, like the negotiation and the sales and the advertising. And, you know, there's a lot to it. So, I mean, it's been great. Uh, learning and there's still a long way to go. And I think in real estate, you can never stop. Like mm -hmm. market is changing. Their homes and the rules and regulations are changing. Yeah. I remember when I first had Nadia Party and Nicole Walters on uh, my podcast back in, was it 
it was in 2021. And I remember like asking, like, this is still when, when the virtual showings were still happening, which I believe like still happens to this day, but like, they were obviously more common because COVID was so prevalent. And I remember being like, do you guys ever think that open houses are going to be a thing again? Do you think that housing prices are ever going to go down? Like, are we going to see a crash in the housing market? And they were bang on with all of their answers. They really knew what was going to happen, which is like, it was such an unpredictable time. But Crystal, what is the housing market like now? Like, are houses still going like like crazy? Are they sitting for a little bit longer? Or like, you tell us, you're, you're in the thick of it. So what's been going on with the market? So the houses in the higher end range, of course, aren't going as quickly because of interest rates. And there's a lot of uncertainty with interest rates right now. You know, six, seven percent is crazy. I don't know how some people are doing it. I'm really worried for some of those people who need um, their mortgages renewed soon. But um, the houses in, you know, the three to four hundred thousand range is still going. Um, of course, it's a little bit slower, but it's still better than what it was pre-COVID. I mean, of course, it's lower than what during COVID was, but I don't know if we're ever going to see those kind of crazy prices again, like 100, 200,000 more than listing. Mm -hmm. are, are a lot of people still putting over asking prices in or are they now trying to like, or is the playing field a little bit more leveled? Um, I think for the right house that's priced properly, there could be, you know, three to four offers. Um, but it's not crazy. It'd be like maybe 10, 23,000 more than asking if it was priced really aggressively, but it's not like bidding war, mm -hmm. hundred thousand, non like before, like no conditions. Like now we're seeing home conditions again and financing conditions. Yeah. They're the highest they've ever been. It's it's crazy. I just I feel my heart goes out. My heart goes out so much to like first time home buyers too because, yeah, we're gonna be keeping our kids at home for a little bit longer than expected <laughs> with the going rate like that. Yeah, the bank has really tightened up what they're lending out. So mm -hmm. I do bad for the new home buyers. Like it's especially if you're a single person and you don't have to double income. It's really hard to qualify for a house. That's why I don't think I'm surprised anymore to know that people are hold, are holding down multiple jobs or becoming serial entrepreneurs too. You know, we got to get innovative. We got to, you know, bring bring money in because it's it's not it's not affordable now to just have one job anymore. It's hard. It's hard. And we're living in a recession too. Yeah, it's really hard. And yeah. it's sad that, you know, some people are going to have to have two to three jobs is the reality or you partner up with someone and Yeah share the home. I don't know. Yeah. Get a roommate. <laughs> Start charging the kids for rent. <laughs> <laughs> now, again, relating to your landscaping business and working in real estate, you know what prospective homeowners are looking for when purchasing a home. Now, when it comes to landscaping and preparing for a home to sell, Christelle, especially in the fall and winter months, what are some ways that we can prepare our home to make it look visually appealing on the outside for a fall or even a winter sale? Basically, just keeping everything really clean and tidy. It doesn't cost you anything, but the first impression is everything. So if you just pick up the leaves, make sure that the grass is cut, prune any dead flowers in the garden, power wash the house, clean the windows, sweep the front porch, maybe power wash your walkway, it's going to do wonders. Just make it feel like a home that mm -hmm. somebody can live in. 
Now, does landscaping build home equity? If you're looking for a good investment, step outside your house. People spend three to $400 a square foot on their homes, but you can get an outdoor living room for $30 a square foot. I feel like landscaping gets overlooked all the time, and I don't understand why. Landscaping can bring a recovery value of 100 to 200% at selling time. I think my kitchen is really small, and it would cost me probably over $100,000 to add an addition to my home to get the kitchen that I want. But I just built an outdoor kitchen in my backyard this summer, and I can fit more people than I would if I had an addition. Mm -hmm. And just kind of even like expanding this conversation a little bit further and honing in exactly on what you guys do, Christelle, like when we're looking at those real estate photos, those professional photos that we see, we're looking at like a nice, clean, pristine home. Everything's tidied up on the inside. The beds are made, toys are put away. It's decluttered. We want that same kind of appeal outside too, right? Like you were saying, you know, you want, you want the grass cut, you want the leaves all away. Like it needs to look good. And it's already a big upkeep as well, you know, to be able to like, especially if you have kids, like I'm a busy mom, I've got toys all over the house. I can barely like, you know, clean up even the dog hair downstairs in the basement. But it's important, you know, when you're showing a home that everything's like looked after and decluttered, like I was saying. And so, I mean, if you can kind of go that extra step, even if you don't want to do it, outsource, outsource for somebody to take care of that for you. And that's where Stone Moss Construction comes in. Little shameless plug there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Now, what are some cost-effective ways, though, Christelle, that stone moss construction could help maximize your selling potential? If you had an outdoor kitchen or an outdoor dining area, outdoor living room, you could even have an outdoor workout area. Um, how about, you know, a garden? How much are groceries nowadays? How much food gets wasted in your fridge? You can have an outdoor garden and have fresh fruits and vegetables right at your fingertips. Um, you could also have a fenced yard. It's highly valued. A lot of people have dogs and they have kids and they're worried about safety. And so if you had a fenced yard, that brings up the value of your home too. Mm -hmm. You have to plant that seed in order for people to envision living there, right? Like, I mean, like you were saying, especially if you have if you have like the patio furniture outside and people are like, oh my gosh, okay. So like when I'm looking at this house, I'm looking at entertaining, you know, a sitting down, the kids playing outside, the dog running around the yard, um, planting that garden, everybody, you know, growing their own vegetables. Like you plant that seed, pun intended, in order for, you know, the wheels to start turning and for that person to to book that, to book that uh, house viewing. So it definitely is a, a good investment that's worth it in the long run if you want your house to sell quickly. Yeah, for sure. Christelle, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to speak with me. But I do have one final hard-hitting question for you before we wrap up our conversation. And I know that you know it's coming, but who is one local boss, babe, that inspires you in your entrepreneurial journey that you think everybody should know about? Well, my friend Alex, she's the executive director of Nige Gemic Algonquin's Pequoctagon First Nation. She's more of an entrepreneur, which I think gets overlooked a lot, um, which is an entrepreneur within an organization. She has helped establish a child well-being agency that will assume the responsibilities of the child welfare department and prepare for the development, implementation, and operation of the child and family services. This child well-being law is set to come into force April 2024. So she is doing a lot of actual change in her community. 
Um, she's also, you know, working full time, but also studying for her PhD in Canada's only Indigenous PhD in social work. Um, so undoubtedly, her hard work and determination has broken down barriers and has proven that you can accomplish anything. What a great shout out. Oh, I love learning about all these different boss babes that are just making moves in their careers and, and championing for change in their community. So way to recognize her. But Christelle, let's bring it back to you now. So where can everybody find Stone Moss Construction on the socials, your website, and if you guys are taking on new clients and customers for the fall and winter season? We have a Facebook page and an Instagram page, but the best way to reach us is to go on our website and fill out a quote request form, and I will be getting back to you within 24 to 48 hours. Fantastic. Yes. And it'll be Christelle that you'll be dealing directly with. And if you need a home, Christelle is your girl as well. <laughs> Christelle, thank you so much again for being a part of the podcast, for taking the time to speak with me. It was so nice to connect. And also uh, a very, a very big congratulations as well to Stone Moss Construction as well for being one of the recipients with the Upper Ottawa Valley Chamber of Commerce Business Awards this year. Thank you so much. Well, babes, that's it for another episode of OB Boss Babes Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. If you're not following along already, be sure to do so on Facebook and Instagram at OB Boss Babes so that you can stay tuned with all the fun stuff that's happening behind the scenes, as well as get a first look into who is going to be our next guest feature on OB Boss Babes. Come back on Wednesday for our regular Boss Babe Corner Series and and on Thursday for our monthly baby on the brand. Thanks again, babes, for being a part of OB Boss Babes. See you on Wednesdays.